Grace and peace and welcome back to One on One with the Canon podcast show brought to you by WCANmedia.com, which is right for today and ready for tomorrow. With me here in the podcast studio is a Bigfoot researcher by the name of Joe Decker from New Jersey, and we will have a great conversation in reference to that bipedal creature that comes out under the cover of night, better known to cryptozoologists as Sasquatch, and to the researchers, Bigfoot. All this is coming your way right here on One on One with the Cannon podcast show right after this. Greetings, I'm Samuel Hampton II, producer at WCAN-TV. WCAN-TV is currently looking for quality programming for 30 to 60 minutes. If you have a message that you would like to share to the world, please contact me at 440-836-4591 or at tvwcan at yahoo.com. Thank you. Hi, my name is Dr. Marlene Carson, and I am a survivor of domestic minor sex trafficking. What is a survivor, you ask? Well, I survived sex trafficking as a child. I thrive in business and ministry, and I'm here to help you revive your dead dreams, visions, and purpose. If you would like to connect with a survivor community, please reach out to www.rahabshopeofohio.org. That website address again is www.rahabshopeofohio.org. Hi, I'm Joseph with Power to Become, an executive director with the John Maxwell team, bringing transformational training around the globe, making a difference when it makes a difference. We want to connect with you. Go to power2become.org or .com and connect with us now. Listening to one on one with the Canon Podcast Show. Welcome back, everyone, to one on one with the Canon Podcast Show. Joe, how you doing? I'm great, sir. How are you? Excellent. It's been a while since we talked, hasn't it? It has been. It's been too long. It's been way too long. We can't let this much time go by anymore. That's it's been right. Way too long, man. Way yeah. too long. Let's talk about the Holy Grail. Have you been researching lately? I have. I have. It's it's as a lot of you know, researchers or people will say, you know, once you get the, the, the Bigfoot bug, it's, it's, a, it's a really hard thing to, really hard thing to put down. You know, that, that bug uh, hit me at a very, very young age back in the, back in the 70s as a little kid, you know, the first time seeing the, the, the infamous Patterson-Gimlin film and, and um, really at a young age knowing that, like, this, this is not a person in a suit. This is a real creature out there. And, and then, you know, always being fascinated by the topic and then with the, you know, the invention of the Internet and things being, you know, being at the, the touch of your fingers, um, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in. Like, I'm an avid researcher, and, and the topic just fascinates me, you know, very, very much. Okay. Do me a favor. Tell us about some of your great experiences uh, during your investigation. Um. One of the ones that was really, really fascinating because there was just so many elements that you hear about that all came into play with this one is it was in an it was in an area that's kind of known for having some some history and some sightings there and uh, it's actually part of uh, some state game lands. So I had gone out there with with a friend and this friend's uh, nephew who's probably about 16 years old or so. We had gone out there in, in the daytime and we were just you know he knew the area much better than I did. So we were just you know looking around for some of the signs that people consider to be you know, signs of Bigfoot activity, uh, these structures that, that, that are built that people see, things that are things that are out of place in the forest that look like they were built with intents, you know, and not done by anything, nothing by nature. 
And what I mean by that is there's, sometimes people will, will attribute these structures, like tree structures, X formations, TP formations. They seem like there's a very big correlation between those and active areas. Now, that's strictly theory and total, you know, hypothesis based because no one's ever caught one of a Bigfoot on video as far as I know building one of these things, but still very, very unusual. And so we come into this certain area as we're out there and we come up with this hill. I'll never forget it. And once we did, it was kind of like a little valley beneath us and there were these structures everywhere. Now, I should, I digress for a moment. I don't want to give people the impression we are someplace where people were, where people go that they could have been building these things and leaving them. No, this is this is off the beaten path. These are areas where hikers don't go. Um, this isn't like a trail, you know. When we go out, we go into the woods off of trails. We want to go where the people aren't, because those are the areas that typically seem to be the most active, where people typically will not go. So we come across, I lost count. There were so many of them, and they were so intri intricate. You know, when you start debunking these things, you look at them, and when things are intertwined together, there's no other explanation than something this was done with purpose nature didn't cause us to fall this way trees didn't fall this way and in particular when you start seeing branches from trees and you look around the area and that type of tree is nowhere within your eyesight so it's like okay somebody carried these here because you know if there's if it's a birch tree and you look around there's no there's no birch trees well how did these things get here so things like that and they were they were everywhere and we were examining them very closely taking some pictures stuff like that and while doing this there was a, this, again, broad daylight. There was a very loud, for lack of a better word, owl hoot type sound. And that got our attention quick. Now, I've done some research on this. There are some owls that do make sounds during the daytime, but they're, but they're primarily nocturnal. But it wasn't the sound so much. It was the feeling of the sound. It was a very, very deep sound. You, you felt it. Like you almost, it almost like went right through you. And to me, that sound came from very large lungs. And that was intriguing. So that got us thinking, okay, let's come back here later on tonight. And <laughs> it sounds crazy. Like, okay, you hear this, and then you're gonna come back at night. But that was, that's what we were there for. You know, the encounter everybody wants. So we did, you know, we went out, went out of the woods for a little while, went to grab something to eat, came back later on. We parked my car along this dirt road. And right along this dirt road, uh, there was a number of pretty large like evergreen trees spruce trees and then there was like these natural hedgerows that i don't know if they were actually you know planted there years ago by the forest service or if they were just natural if there was these hedgerows there and one thing i noticed way 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 off in the distance several hundred yards away there was a house way up on a hill and i could tell because i could see the porch light was on and the second we got out of that car i don't think we had our feet on the ground for more than 10 seconds began hearing a dog barking still very very far away because it was a very large echo sound to this dog's bark so we hear that we we walk into the woods you know we're keeping close stuff like that no flashlights we're just kind of like you know it wasn't pitch black it was not a full moon but you could you could see it wasn't it wasn't like terrible and as we're walking around just checking things out this dog bark sound is definitely getting closer it's moving closer to us it's getting louder and i can, I can it's more distinct to the point to where within about four or five less than 10 minutes this dog bark sound is, is like right on us. Uh, I was expecting to, to see this this dog. Now I had assumed it came from that house, which was way, way, way up there. But what happened next was during the course of the dog bark sound, it changed, and it changed into almost like a like a like an owl hoot sound. It was like a and like a hoot sound. 
like whatever was making the sound kind of got confused and wasn't sure what to do and and did that and that was like whoa that was really really odd okay, okay. let me say this real quick it got mm -hmm. closer and closer right mm -hmm. then could we say that maybe and let's go with let's just say bigfoot okay mm -hmm. got a a quick whiff of your scent and began to track you i think again speculation but you know i think that the second that car was rolled my car was rolling down that dirt road it was kind of a remote dirt road something already picked up that there was a car moving in and when we first got there it was it was a little ways away but as we got out it got curious or was trying to potentially warn if there was any others in the area that we were there and got closer to see what we were doing you know i really believe just from reading reports and talking to other people who research this topic i think they're incredibly curious uh, i mean i think they're as curious about us as we are of them that's just my my belief you uh, believe that they are territorial absolutely i do i think that they have certain areas that they go into i do think that they cover many many miles a day in their travels whatever they decide to do i think they roam to where the food sources are and you know the way it's always been explained to me is if, if an area can support a very, very large black bear population, then an area could support a creature such as this, um, you know, surviving and thriving in, in the wild. So, again, pure speculation. I think that whatever that was, it's, uh, it got wind of us and was coming down for a closer look to see what we were up to, to see if we meant harm or if we're just, if we're just you know, three knuckleheads out there walking around in the middle of the night in the woods, middle of nowhere, like, what are these guys doing? This is not common. You know, so that's what I think that it possibly was. Did um, you get afraid? Yeah, I, I got a little freaked out because, hey, I, I, first I was afraid of the dog. I'm thinking, does it, it sound like a, like, a, like a big dog? I'm thinking, I don't want to get bit by some crazy wild dog. That was my thing. I'm thinking, okay, some dog walks up on us. We'll just have to handle that. But when the sound changed, that was like, you get that like feeling of like, you know, something's not right here. And this is pretty common when people who, who are research the topic Something changes in the energy when these things are around. I, I can't explain it, but something doesn't feel right. I don't usually relay those feelings to people I'm with because I don't want to. I don't want to give them like a placebo, make them feel afraid as well. So I just kind of keep it to myself. But, but I was definitely feeling something. But you were the experienced one, right? I, I guess of, of the group, yeah. The biggest thing I try to make sure of when I'm with people is I don't want to cause any unnecessary fear or, or plant my thought into their head. I, I kind of want them to have the experience so they can see what they're feeling. And when nobody said anything, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm more sensitive to pick up on certain things, or maybe I'm just imagining things. But I definitely felt a sense of like, not fear, just like a nervous energy, especially hearing that weird dog hoot sound. Um, it got weirder next because, again, there was these large spruce slash evergreen trees to my left. And I remember looking over at them. And um, nothing seemed so out of the ordinary but there was like a like a like a bump out of the one that kind of caught my eye a little bit and i'm looking at it it's probably mm, 10 15 yards ahead of me to my left one of the other guys said something i turned to talk to him to say something when i turned back the shape of the tree changed and by that i mean pretty high up the tree i would estimate 10 to 12 feet up the tree there was kind of like a for lack of a better description, a, a cone shape, I'll call it a head, was sticking out next to, next above one of the branches. I thought it was just a piece of the tree that might have just been an unusual part of it, and maybe that maybe the, the 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 darkness was playing tricks on my eyes. But when I looked back, it was gone. It was no longer there. Again, 
I, I think something was standing there, and, and when I turned my head, it, it, it went back to almost like hide behind there. Um, did your two friends see it? They did not. I didn't say anything to them either. Again, oh. I probably should. I, I didn't say a word to them. Um, no sound, no shuffling, didn't hear anything. Never any kind of footfall, nothing like that. Very, very quiet. It's believed that 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 these creatures have very, very good eyesight in the dark. Something about their eyes that they could they they, they have. If they could survive out there in the woods, you know, better than we could. They they've got something that we that we don't have. I believe they could see pretty well at night. So I see that, and you know, what I do a lot of times, I I, I tend to dismiss things like, oh, I probably was just seeing things. Cause I think that's how do I how I kind of like deal with my with my fear as I try and talk myself out of it. So I'm like, oh, I was probably just seeing things, but my heart's pounding, you know, a mile a minute. So at one point we're still walking, and uh, this friend of mine's uh, nephew, he kind of got ahead of us a little bit. He he was brave, um, still within our eyesight, you know, in the dark even, but a little bit ahead of us. But at one point, he kind of went around one of these hedges, and we lost him for a second. We weren't concerned. He, he was right there. He was within, you know, he was never more than, you know, five, ten yards away from us. And we're walking, and he comes flying back. He comes running back to us. Stop right there. He comes sure. flying back. He comes what? Running back to you, right? Yeah, he went around this hedge. We lost him for a second, just for maybe five seconds. And then he came running back at us. And scared to death okay like, hold your thought right there sure okay. because the old clock on the wall says that's all okay okay what okay. we're going to do is bring you back for part two okay of your encounters with the unknown in the great forces of the united states of america and we go to part two with this and i get back with you Hey, everybody, we thank everyone for being part of this program. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please direct all correspondence to canonpodcast at yahoo.com. Until next time, take care.